Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I am, I mean, I'm just smiling because the guest I have today um, I had a lot of guests on my show that um, I attended the University of Wyoming, and we were always talking and said, you know, we can never, we cannot see each other for years, 10 or 11 years, and call somebody up and, like, pick up exactly where you left off, and um, they're glad to hear from you and willing to, you know, hang out, do whatever. The reason I'm bringing that up is, you know, because he said you always had that bond. I made a phone call, and I called her up, and I was like, you know, Renee, love for you to be on the show. Would you be on it? And without hesitation, she told me, yes, I'll do it. And that's what I mean by that University of Wyoming bond. And um, I'm just glad to have her on there. My guest, Renee Tiller. Hey, Renee, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks, James. And like I said, I really appreciate you being on the show. And, you know, you didn't hesitate. You know, you just like, I'll do it. When is it? And um, I'll do it. So. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad to have you, and we're going to talk some football and uh, just just talk. But I want to start All off, right. you know, uh, the college, Wyoming. Um, Wyoming, since we left there, they have been doing, you know, a lot of guys been going in the NFL, and Wyoming's starting to become a big-time school now. People didn't look at it back then, but how do you feel about that Oh, my that gosh, now? it's you know, come so far in the last 25 years. Um, it was really hard to recruit people to Wyoming because of its isolation and the fact that it was in a smaller division. And um, it's really exciting for me to see how well um, Craig Bowl has done and and the league of talent that he's been able to recruit. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of people, because I know when we were, getting recruited everybody like Wyoming. Well, I'm like, Wyoming, what's there? You know? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but it has come a long way. You, you're right, Renee. And, and that's what's so good about it. Like just to see, like you say, Craig Bowl and then, you know, um, Josh Allen was the number one pick and a lot of other guys, Brian Hill and all those guys coming out. And it has come a long way since we were there. And like you said, it's just good to see. Well, it's interesting because um, Wyoming doesn't have, it's a very small population here. And so there's no pro teams to follow. And so the state really gets behind the university. They do. I heard that a lot because, you know, you go to the game and you see people coming from all over, you know, just to watch that, you know, Wyoming play. And nothing in Wyoming is close. So, you know, driving four or five hours to go to a Cowboys game is a thing. Think about it. When we went there, what was there? You know, you only had so many. I think there was one Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, it wasn't that much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was to say, I, well, in the town I live in now, there's not even a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So you have to go I, all the way to Gillette 
to get KFC. Yeah, that's funny because we have to drive all the way up to um, Denver to get some OD 40s, you know? but yeah that was good times and like I said that bond to make me you know talk about it it was like I called you up and I like I called other guys later and you know talked to all those guys and yeah we'll do the show and we like thought like you know we were just seeing each other yesterday and yeah uh, it's amazing the closeness that you develop in just such a short amount of time um, and for me, it was different because you guys were my dad's players, but we also had the same classes together and, you know, um, did running crazy schemes, which we won't talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, because you don't have like, I don't know, Purdue was different. It was a much bigger school. Um, but when you're in Laramie and you're seeing the same people every day, all day, and you do all the same things, it really does develop a bond that you keep for a lifetime. How was that different with you, Renee, Purdue and Wyoming? I know, like you say, the small town Wyoming, you see everybody, but I mean, uh, was it a close knit town there or, you know, or. Oh my gosh. Well, here's the thing is, um, Yes, I was at a, I mean, I was different, much older when we were at Purdue and I wasn't in college classes, but um, my dad came to build a program and Mm -hmm. the players really got on board with it and he was very successful. I mean, 10 bowl games in 12 years and the winningest coach in Purdue history. And so I also have a closeness with those players because they really bought into a system. It's just that mm-hmm. I didn't hang out with them. Like I hung out with you um, yeah. just because I was at a different life stage. Um, but here's the thing. I, I kind of didn't get it until my dad passed away, but I really have a thousand brothers like um, yeah from his era at Wyoming and his era at Purdue, all of these grown men um, really have carried on his name and they bring his teachings to their families and to their lives. And so it's a really unique and awesome position to be in. You said something that's real good to me, you know, um, one is, um, um, Kerry Mack sent me a picture, a picture of you, me, all of us. And like you say, you like our sister, you know what I'm saying? Your dad was right. a close, but we all still, we all love you and treat you like a sister, you know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, that's our sister, you know, it's our coach daughter, but <laughs> that's our sister, you know. And, you know, we had went to the bar, we, you know, we had a good time. We laughed and, you know, and that, it was that, like, family, you know. Um, your dad said something to me that um, really got me and made me what changed my career. Uh, we was in the game, and I dropped two balls. And I came to the sideline. He was like, Levin, come here. So, yeah, he's like, um, I'm going to make you an offensive lineman. They catch way better than you. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is true. I'm dropping these balls. But it was like after that, you know, I just, like, put my mind to, you know, catch every ball, you know, when he said that, you know, just turn everything around for me, you know. So, but yeah, like there's that, um, you 
we recently um, have, he, my dad passed away September 30th, um, 2017. And um, we have been going through his stuff. Um, super cool thing. Um, we are, and one of his former players from Purdue actually just came up this weekend and picked up his motorhome. And they're driving it back to Indiana, and some of the boosters are going to pay um, to have it vinyl wrapped as the tiller tailgate. Um, oh, we're a tiller tailgater, and then we're going to auction it off um, and donate all that money to football scholarships. Um, but in the process, we've been going through all of his stuff. And... Um, just found some, you know, like old speeches and notes that he made. And um, it's really interesting to see his um, way to motivate people. It wasn't by necessarily like being critical, but it was positive criticism. And I really think that that I'm applying that to my business now is a better way to motivate people and keep them vested than to just break them down. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. He wasn't putting me down. He was like trying to tell me, you know what I'm saying? That you way better than this, you know? You know what I'm saying? Catch the ball because that's the position you're in, you know? Right. Um, like I said, I don't really think I dropped the ball after that because I was like, <laughs> wow, you know? <laughs> like, me, alignment? <laughs> um, no, you're too short for alignment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, but that was the motivation, though. And like I told you, it was weird how he did it. It was like, man, not putting me down, but just saying, you know, you, you are good. You know, catch that ball, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was really great at that, like, with everybody. Yes, he was. Everybody just loved him, you know. Everybody like, oh, we want him to be the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> What's you know, funny is uh, I never uh, thought my dad cussed because he never cussed around us. And then after I talked to you guys, they're like, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> in the locker room, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great time, man. Okay, we're going to get on to your uh, NFL. Who is your team? Oh, well, see, here's the thing is, for me, loyalty goes with, A, the paycheck, because I learned to be a fan of Washington State. I learned to be a fan of Wyoming. I learned to be a fan of Purdue, depending on who was paying the bills. Um, So now I kind of follow um, who I still know. So my number one is, of course, the Saints, um, because Drew's still there. Um, And um, they've got, you know, like a good running back in Alvin and they've got Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn and, you know, Sean Payton and Drew have a really good relationship. So I think that they're going to be a force again this year. Um, And then I also like the Broncos um, just because John Elway's parents and my parents are really good friends. And now that he's back in, I kind of follow them. Plus they're really close to Wyoming. And then by default, um, my significant other is a Patriots fan. So I got to go with the Pats. (laughs) 
Well, this is what we're going to do. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about them. And uh, I just got a uh, text from school. He said, tell, tell us you're doing a great job. He's listening to me. <laughs> you know, my sister tuned in earlier, and she's like, I'm listening to Scooby right now. This is like old home week. <laughs> yeah, he just texted now. Tell, tell us you're doing great. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. This is James Renee, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like I told you, I got my sister as my guest today, uh, Renee Tiller. Renee, you still with me? Yes, sir. Oh, so I Renee, just called you sir. Get... That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to going on, I know uh, we want to get a shout out to your sister that's listening in, Julie. And if she want to call in, we give her the number. She could be on here with you and talk. Um, and also your mom. I already said your mom like the route. We got to get your mom on the show one day. Just get her to talk. Oh, yes, definitely. She's <laughs> probably way more insightful than I am. And I'm getting tired of school. Keep texting me, telling you, hi, hey, talk warriors. But, you know, he enjoy you being on the show. And my mom and dad and everybody back home, they're always listening in, and they have people over from the church 
and everybody listening in to you right now. So thank you, Renee. Well, I, I appreciate well, I, you having me. I let's learn something about you. I didn't know um, when you talk about it because I almost moved over there, uh, went to play uh, Canadian ball, but you said you grew up in Canada, and um, I didn't yes. know that. I mean, tell me about uh, that. Everything my said dad was in the CFL for nine years, so from kindergarten through eighth grade, uh, I think it was. 73 to 81, mm-hmm. um, and then went to Purdue as an assistant coach for the first time. You know, it's an interesting thing, and this never happens in coaches' families, but everywhere my dad coached, he coached twice. So mm-hmm. every time we moved around, we always had friends that we had made before to go back to. Right. Um, which is a, a really unique position to be in in this profession. profession. Um, when I tell people how much we moved around, they always assume I was military. They're like, oh, are you a military brat? And I was like, no, I'm a football brat. <laughs> that, that's funny you say that because a lot of people say um, the military, they're brats, but you get to travel and, like you say, see a lot of things and get to meet um, different people, and how was the people in Canada? Oh, I heard they're real very, nice. And- yeah, I had a very blessed life. Um, you know, <laughs> I always joke I was somewhere nice every December uh, with 120 college age men. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is weird. I didn't know you was over there, man. Yeah, that is beautiful. All right, let's get back to your football. You say you like the Saints because Drew Brees and your dad coach him. Um, do you think they got that bum rap with that call that they didn't make that call on? Uh, oh, they, we can't even talk it? about that. Because there's no go. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing that my dad always said is the, the referees are always going to play a part in the game. Um, and mm-hmm. you can't let it make or break you. I mean, you just have to get back on the field and do what you do and do it to the best of your ability. Um, but, yeah, they totally got a bum rap, but there's no going back in time. So, yeah. you know, you just, you just play through it and and do the best that you can do. And, you know, like there was talk of them replaying the game or – and well, and here's the other thing is I think since the Rams um, – are trying to be a thing in that area because, and I can't believe that they're moving Oakland to Vegas, but because they're the biggest team there. Um, but anyway, I, I think that they, there is some kind of politics involved and um, they wanted them to make it to the Super Bowl so they would get a fan base. I'm just saying. You've been the closest to anybody around football. I mean, players, but I mean, you, your dad, the coach. I'm gonna. That's funny you said that. Do you really think there's something into that? Like they want certain teams to play, and because I always felt that why are all the um, the New England Patriots always make it? They don't get the call. You know what I'm saying? Do you think there's well, something into that? Well, here's the thing with the Patriots. Belichick's a badass, and um, you know, and Tom Brady's got skills, and they they just work really well together. 
But I don't think that they want necessarily one team to be a dynasty like that. I think that they're mm-hmm. just that good. Um, but I also think that the NFL is, you know, they say it's not for profit, but it's a business and, um, doing, making one team successful in a certain area behooves them as an organization. Yeah. I kind of felt that too, that, you know, they want certain thing. Well, we're going to talk about New England a little bit, but I want to stay on the um, Saints because, you know, um, I, I just love Drew Brees, but I love that offense. You know, I'm a receiver. I like that passing offense, and it just seemed like every year, it's like, oh, they're going to get there and do this, and something happened like last year when Minnesota beat them on that miracle. There's two things that happened to New Orleans in two years that, you know, you can say, you know, first of all, this year was that pass interference they called in last year. Remember that miracle pass by Minnesota and they lost it? Yep. <laughs> it just seemed like they can't oh, well, get you a know, break. There, you there's also, there's a reason why you play the game. Like my dad always said, you know, and there's the movie Any Given Sunday, but, you know, in college football, it's Any Given Saturday. Like, Anybody can win on any given Saturday, given the right circumstances. You know, like everyone is on point. They're hitting, you know, all their tackles. They're catching all the balls. It's just, it's why you play the game, you know, is to win. And, you know, any, anybody, like every dog has his day. Um, and then also sometimes just miracle catches happen. <laughs> <laughs> or bad referee calls happen, you know? So, but yeah. I mean, you're a player, you know, it's why you play the game is to win. And you don't go on the field thinking, Oh, we're going to get our butts kicked. You expect to win every Saturday. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree with this? I tell everybody, everybody likes saying that, um, um, before they got Baker Mayfield, the Browns always lose. You know, they were 0 16, but I told everybody. Uh, you know what? I, I really, I'm really nervous for Mayfield <laughs> because going <laughs> to the Browns is a curse. It's like the end of your career, even if it's the beginning of the career. I don't know. I, I, I don't dislike the Browns. I just think that they're cursed. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Well, let's let's go to the Browns and talk about them. You think they're cursed, but since they got Baker Mayfield, what do you think of him? Because I follow, I didn't follow I him. I love him, but I um, have a friend who's a diehard Oklahoma fan, and he was like, he's going to save the franchise, and he's going to do this and this, and I don't know. Unless they can actually get, you know, a good offensive line, a, a good support team for him, I'm worried about him. Now, are you worried about his play? Because I'm more worried about his mouth, his cockiness. What do you? Well, you know what? You, you gotta have a little machismo to be successful. And you know he's yeah. he's got that. But if he doesn't have anyone to block for him, and he doesn't have anyone to catch for him, and he doesn't have anyone to hand off the ball to, then you know I don't know. The the Browns is definitely a question mark in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know they got um, 
Odell Beckham now. Um, they got, you know, great receivers for Baker, you know. Do you see them make it? Everybody keeps talking about they're going to go Super Bowl, make the playoffs. Do you see them? If they have a winning season, I'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're starting to put some stuff together, but I mean, honestly, they've, I don't know if it's the, you know, the general manager or whatever, but they consistently like, I don't know, put themselves in a position to not be successful. Um, so, you know, and I do like Odell and I love Mayfield. So, you know, fingers crossed that they have a better season this year, but I think playoffs would be a stretch for them. Well, uh, I got to ask you this, um, you know, what happened with Odell in, um, New York and, um, the way he acted and off the field, on the field, do you think his behavior you know, I mean, would teams want him on that team? You know, we know he's good, but his behavior is kind of strange, um, Renee. You know, the way he acts. Would you want that for your team? Uh, you've met me. I'm my father's daughter. No, that behavior would not <laughs> be acceptable. Right. You know, especially. Um, with, you well, know, and there's, there's like, some people are blessed with God-given talent. And Odell is one of those fellows. Um, But you have to be held accountable, you know? Um, And I think that, like, dirty play and um, showboating, you know, it doesn't have a place in in my mind. Um, You know, like, people like to see that on TV. And, um, you know, he might have his own fan following. But as a teammate... I wouldn't want that. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish talking about another receiver that's kind of out there and uh, see what you think of that. And then we're going to get on those New England Patriots because that's one of my <laughs> teams that, oh, my God, they like Dallas to me. But this is James oh, and I'm we'll not right a back. Dallas fan. <laughs> we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
you're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, Renee Tiller, my sister, always and will be, uh, my guest today. Uh, we talking old time. That's good, right, Renee? Yes, sir. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my brother. Well, Renee, we, my brother. Yeah, now we now see now we back in our days. See, <laughs> right, uh, Renee. Um, Odell Beckham, we've talked about his behavior. Another receiver that's been making news, and I just don't understand it. Like you say, some of these players got this God-given talent that other people will want, you know, and be in the NFL. Um, Antonio Brown, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers, he acted a fool there. And and I I can understand players when they have beef with their quarterback, you know, but I think he went a little bit overboard. What do you think about his situation? Um, I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, as far <laughs> as the Steelers, I've never really been a fan. Um, and I think uh, they traded away a lot of their players this year. And I think Roethlisberger is on his maybe last season. And I don't hold out much hope for the Steelers. Um, but I don't know much about Antonio Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just got into it and um, requested a trade, and the Steelers traded him, you know, because of him and Ben was getting into it. And, and like I said, these guys, you know, they they act up and they act for these trades, you know. I, I mean, I just just don't get some of them, you know. You got the privilege of playing the NFL, and you know, but well, like you know, you and say, and here's the thing, and you and I did not grow up this way, but. You know, these 21 to 25-year-olds are in the entitlement generation, and they think that they're owed all of the praise and all of the money and all of the passes, if you will. Like, they want the ball to come to them every single time. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you know, as a coach or as a quarterback, if you don't read the play that way or throwing the ball there in their double or triple coverage, then you know, you're not going to throw the ball there. I mean, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. Um, So, you know, I kind of, and I I run into this problem with my employees. My 14 and 15-year-olds are really good. My 30-plus-year-olds are really good. That gap between, you know, 19 and 29, they have a different, they were raised differently than you and I were. And they have this, impression that they're more important than they are and they deserve more than they get and they don't have to work for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can totally see what you're saying, but I'm really not familiar with the situation. Well, and that's, that's what you good. You're saying I talked to one of our coaches was at Wyoming, um, coach Brandon. I don't know if you remember him. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. And uh, we got to talking and he's like, God, these kids are a whole lot different now than, you know, you guys. It's like, we got a baby now, and they feel they ain't got to work, you know? And it was like, what you were saying was like exactly what he was saying as a coach, you know, like, it's a whole 
they was raised wrong. I know we wouldn't, I don't care what it was. We never talked back to your dad or coaches or we, you know, went out there and work. It was like different for us. We respected them, you know, and like, and like now it's like these, these guys don't have no respect for the coach, you know? Yeah, no, they, it, it's their kids. Well, you know what? It's coming back around. Like, like I said, my 14 and 15 year olds, they have a good work ethic and they, but there, there was a gap. I don't know, like 10, 15 years. And when they call it the entitlement generation, they're not wrong. Um, I, it, and I, I could understand the frustration of coaches and parents. Oh my gosh. The parents these days are different too. Like they want to be, you know, call the coaches and say, why didn't my kids get so many plays and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, because he sucks <laughs> or because he didn't work the hard this week or, right. you know? Um, so yeah, uh, the coaching kids today is much harder than it was when we were in, in the game. Let me ask you this. How do you take coaching, what you learned from your dad and being around, to what you have at your own business? How do you do that with working with your employees? You know, what do you, you know what I mean? Well, here's the thing is, and, and this is a, you know, a Joe Tiller quote, is do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it and do it that way every time. I never ask my employees to do anything that I wouldn't do or haven't done myself. And I give credit where credit is due. You know, like if they do a good job, you get appreciation or you get a raise. If you need work, it's not a criticism. It's um, I expect it this way. And and usually they they come around. So I really feel like, Watching his leadership has enabled me to be a better boss. That's that's good thought there. <laughs> sometimes it's hard, you know, because I know like some could say sometimes um, it's kind of hard. Like um, say like you got um, one one coach is telling me he had one of his best players. I said, do you treat him any different than you know the other player because he's your best and you know you need him. Sometimes um, they get that, you know, where this guy gets treated, other players see that, you know, and I don't think that's fair, but that's like a worker. You see, you treat somebody different, you know, so do you treat everybody equal, Renee? Um, I'd like to think that I do, but I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, um, I have my favorites, um, but also I also have, I don't know, I, I guess I call it, I take in strays. So I have my projects where I have, you know, kids that don't necessarily have the best home life. And so I try and make when they come to work a, um, a good place for them to be. And, right. um, but I'd like to think that I treat everyone equally. So <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Like you say, people are going to have a favorite. But I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, how you, you people can apply that, you know, with, you know, um, normal day of people working and, you know, employees. That's a good thing. Yeah. Renee, I hate to bring this um, up, but two, two of my favorite teams I hate, and I hate them, but I'm going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys. 
It's just something about <laughs> those Cowboys, you know. It just, I, I just don't like the owner. You know, he's always in the business. They let the coach run the team. And it seems like every offseason a player gets in trouble with the law. You're not a Dallas Cowboy fan either, are you? No, not at all. And mostly the same reason. I do not like the owner. And he's like flashy and just spending money. And he, he's, he doesn't seem like he has a lot of substance to his personality. I don't know if you follow them. Um, you probably didn't. If you don't, you know, you got to ask this. But Ezekiel Elliott, the running back, always, it's like the third or fourth time I'm getting in trouble. And it just seemed like, Renee, these players, they just don't get it. I mean, one guy was saying that quit Dallas. and um, Well, he got kicked out. He said he's not going to stop smoking weed. You can't stop smoking weed to make $10 million a year just for it. You know, I don't get it with them. What do you think of that, Renee? I think that they've created an environment where they're not holding people accountable. And so I'm with you. Like, if I have a choice of making $10 million or smoking a joint, I'm going to go with the $10 million. And, but if you're not being held accountable or if it gets brushed under the carpet because of who you are, then you just continue with the bad behavior. Do you see the NFL changing, Renee? So when we grew up, you know, like just the players and oh, 100%. The, the behavior. What do you oh, think 100%. you see the change the most? Well, uh, what I would say, A, is they keep changing the rules. Um, and so eventually you're not going to be able to tackle anyone ever. And um, also because it's, of social media and how much stuff is publicized, um, there's definitely, instead of being a team, it's more of, you know, what I can do and what I can be famous for kind of attitude that is taking over. Uh, Also, I think that, you know, like back in the day, you know, when they barely had helmets and pads, you know, like getting a broken collarbone was nothing. And now, you know, it, there, I don't know, there seems to be a lot more um, injury. And I, I think that it's just, they're kind of getting soft. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. I said the same thing. I'm like, you know, um, back in the days, you know, you remember um, the guys from, touch the receiver all the way down the field and now it's like every play is a pass in appearance, you know? Yeah. They like they literally are making it so you can't even, you know, play defense. So you're gonna have these fifty to sixty point games, you know? It's crazy. It's definitely evolving into something that I'm not sure I agree with. Well, we're going to take our last break, and when we come back, we'll talk about New England also. We'll talk about what you're doing, get it out there, um, the name of your place, and uh, how people could come in, and, you know, then something else. But we'll be right back, James and Renee.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're celebrating summertime outdoors. Listen to our panel of outdoor enthusiasts hand out their tips for summer outdoor recreation. Joining us is Scott Lasap, the sporting chef, J.P. DeRose from Breaking Boundaries, Cat Daddy, and Matt Aird, a contestant on the Brigade Race to the Hudson. Jim and Trav's Summertime Outdoors is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest sister always had that bond. Renee, tell her, Renee, um, we got like nine minutes for this last segment, but I want to get out there once again and tell you thank you and um, bless you for all you, you know, just making me happy just to talk to you and um, how quickly you agreed to do the show. I mean, with no hesitate, you know, and um, that means a lot to me. It really does. Uh, also, uh, I'd like the listeners to um, let you tell, you know, where, where you at, um, your, your restaurant, or what is it, a pizza place? Uh, it is a um, scratch-made Italian and brick oven pizza restaurant in Buffalo, Wyoming, called Paisano's. Uh, oh, my yep. parents, after they they bought property here when my dad was coaching at Wyoming and um, they had a building downtown and they called me when I was living in Kentucky and said hey we have this building do you want to move to Buffalo and open a restaurant and I said no 100% I don't (laughs) (laughs) and um, because I've been off and on in the restaurant business for 30 years and I knew what a major undertaking it would be um, but family is family and I, um, my dad's passed away and I wouldn't have traded the last four years that I had with him for anything in the world. Um, and it turns out I am kind of good at what I do and, um, we've got voted 
best pizza in Wyoming, and we've only been open for three years by um, Pure Wow, which is they came in and I didn't even know it, but uh, they publicized this as great pizza. And I use um, Wyoming raised lamb and beef and local greenhouses whenever mm-hmm. stuff's in season and try and do as much farm to table as I can. And it's a, it's a really great place. So all my listeners, you ever get out there, uh, stop by. Um, I'd like to, I'll call you one day and we'll sit down and talk, you know, get all the guys and I'll come in and on the football Sunday. You open on Sundays, right? Yes, we are. I'll come in there and um, get a couple of guys and players and do a live show there, you know. Oh, that would be lovely. So we'll talk about because we can do a live show. I could do one in there on a Sunday and get all the guys and players and interview. And we could give away some stuff, and you know. Uh, so that's going to be something I'll definitely love to do. If you're willing, you know, we'll talk about it. Okay, that sounds great. It's well, a really comfortable, great space. The building is, well, built in 1900. And, 1900. Um, oh, it's brick, we, right? Yep, it's a brick. It's a yep, yeah. a brownstone. People say it Definitely. could be in any major city in the world, and I really um, am confident that we can compete with anyone as far as the quality of our food. So it's pretty awesome. Are you looking to open up more anywhere else? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, when I uh, developed my LLC, it was something that I built in was franchising. And after yeah. undertaking the first one, I don't think I need any more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was a manager um candidate restaurant, and it's a lot of work. You're right. Oh, my and gosh. You may as well be married to it. Yeah, you, it was. I was up there all day. And it was crazy. I mean, every day, all day, you know. And that was just the manager. And you were owner, so I know, you know, three times. Well, fortunately, Buffalo being Buffalo, um, we're able to, we're closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So I actually get to have a life. Um, If I was in a city and had to be open seven days a week, wow, I don't know how I would make it work. Well, I know you said your significant other is um, a New England fan. I can't stand New England, Renee, only because it's one of those things I think they get a lot of calls, and the NFL want to see New England always in the Super Bowl because it's New England and Tom Brady. But what do you feel about that? Do you think they get a lot of calls? I feel like sometimes things slant in their favor. Um, but I'm not a hater, so I might be a little biased. Uh, I think this year is going to be interesting um, because they lost Gronkowski, who was a great utility player. I mean, he just did everything. You know, he caught, he blocked, he, you know, everything. Um, and Belichick and Brady have this amazing communication relationship where they kind of just don't even have to talk. They just know what each other's thinking. Um, they have recruited a lot of running backs, and so I think that might take some pressure off of Tom as far as stacks and maybe keeping his longevity. Uh, but I think this year might be, I don't know, maybe his last. 
Who knows? Um, but it also is kind of one of those things where, yeah, maybe they do get some calls that go in their favor that shouldn't just because of who they are. I don't know. Okay. Since you're biased, I thought that was the worst Super Bowl ever this year. What do you think about it? Did you just think it was just, everybody keeps saying it was a defensive game. It wasn't. I think the Rams um, just didn't show up. I don't think New England did anything different on defense. I just thought it was. Well, like, like I said, I think the Rams made it to the Super Bowl because of politics. And yeah. they're trying to get a fan base for them going um, because they're moving Oakland out. And so I don't necessarily think that the Rams deserve to be in the Super Bowl. And um, I kind of think that they were outmatched by the Patriots. You really think so? Yeah. I, I thought the I, Rams I, was a way better team. Way better offensively and defense. You know, they had the two defensive players, well, the one defensive player of the year, and, you know, I just thought there's someone right with that game. Yeah, you know, but and if I you don't show up, then. And yeah, also, yeah. the Patriots last year was a team that everybody had been playing together, you know, for five or six years. It was like they were just in sync. And I didn't think it was the most exciting Super Bowl, but. I think the better team won. Uh, uh, <laughs> Are you going to fight me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you what you're saying, the New England playing together, and that helps a lot with teams. Everybody don't understand that, but that's a big factor. But I just thought the Rams overall, on paper, they were the better team. That's on paper. But like you say, you got to get out there and play. And that's what New England did. So I do agree with you on that one. But I just think the Rams were a better team. They just didn't show up. Yeah, if they were the better team, they would have won. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I can't argue with you on that one. I can't argue with you on that one. (laughs) Well, Renee, uh, let you take us out. Um, You know, uh, once again, I'd like to thank you and uh, thank all the listeners who have been in and been trying to give me the fun. I thought that it was going to be horrible, but this hour flew by, and it's been a joy speaking with you. And um, I thank you for the opportunity. Well, I got to get you back on again because as I'm sitting here, I go through my emails, and a lot of questions people want to ask you. So what what we'll do is get you back on, and I'll ask those questions. And I've been getting emails. I got uh, 120 so far, and the day ain't over with. Oh my goodness! So, <laughs> okay, so, now you're making me nervous. <laughs> so I'm gonna do a show, and I'm gonna have you answer that questions. You know, so uh, it'll be All a good right. show. Well, good. I'll do my very best. <laughs> All right, but thanks again, and um, you have a great day, and keep doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. All right, love you. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 